Blog Talk Radio. Texas and welcome to Zambia Block Talk Radio. It is Saturday, December 5th. We are in December, believe it or not. We are in December. Uh, welcome to the show. I am your host uh, this morning, Nathan Inkama from the great state and city of Dallas. We do thank you for joining us. Uh, good afternoon, Europe. Uh, good afternoon, Zambia. And good evening, those in the Western Pacific, Japan, Australia, and those parts of the world. And like we say in these parts of the world, good morning, America. All right. Um, In this time and season in which we are in, uh, there's some sort of political polarization, if I may use that word, uh, because there's a lot of things going on. America just went through an election, which is some one of the candidates has not conceded. The church, we know the evangelicals in this United States play a very big role as a voting bloc. So this morning, we are going to be talking about generally what is the role of the church in the political arena. And I have a group, a team of gentlemen here, distinguished clergy, distinguished men, and they are of God, they are called, they have credentials, whichever word that you want to use. Uh, Let me say good morning to Pastor Brian Chileshe, who's going to be my co-host this morning. Pastor Brian, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Pastor Nathan. Thank you. How are you doing today? You are in Kansas, right? I'm in Missouri. I'm in Kansas Miz- City in Missouri. Kansas City, Missouri. And there's also yes. Kansas City, Kansas, right? Yes, there's also Kansas City, Kansas. They are like uh, twin cities. Oh, they are twin cities. across the state line. 
Yeah, they're like okay. cities, but I'm in Kansas City, Missouri. Excellent. Good morning. Welcome. And uh, we have one Thank of you. our dear friends. It's always good to hear this voice. Busy man, we, when we get to have him. Uh, the people in New York are busy, and that's where their lifestyle. Pastor Campbell Lombila. Hey, brother. Good morning. Welcome. <laughs> Pastor Nathan, how are you doing? Thank you for having me. Doing good, my brother. It's good to hear your voice. And uh, another, you 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 are in you are you are in New York State, right? But new, not New York I'm City, a, is that right? Yes, yes, I'm in New York State, um, and up just two hours upstate from the city in a little town called Hankins, New York. Okay, because when we hear New York, all of us just think that New York is New York. Everybody lives in the. <laughs> In, uh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so I want us to make those clarifications as we proceed this morning. And one of our regular contributors who comes from the Sunshine State, Pastor Alan Charimolenga. Pastor Alan, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, family. Good morning, Excellent. Pastor Alan. We, 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 we're glad to have you here. We also have uh, Dr. Thank Patrick you. Wilson joining us from the Carolinas. Mashuke uh, and Dr. Patrick. Mwakeleni. I'm always glad to hear that. I'm always glad to hear that. Let me ask Pastor Brian to do this. Give us an overview of what we'll be talking about today, Pastor Brian. Please just give us an overview and uh, before we start throwing things at uh, Pastor Alan and Pastor Lombila here. Well, like, uh, like you just opened up, we opened the program. Um, we've seen, we, we, we kind of saw the, the, the church kind of very involved mm. um, with, 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 the election, with the elections and with the Republican Party and everything that was going on. But suddenly there's, a lot, there's some kind of silence um, mm. when the elections are being disputed. Um, the church is not, is not really coming up to speak the truth or to be on the side of, of, of what is really happening uh, of the law. Um, and I see as a church we are, we, are, we, are not, we, are, we are not making ourselves involved and making ourselves heard in a way that we, are, we can be influential. Yeah, that's an interesting statement that you make, uh, Pastor Brian. Um, Pastor Campbell, there seems to be, I don't know whether to use the word conflicting, or there's always been this contention about, like Pastor Brian has said, okay, we start in a certain way or from a certain point or from a certain angle. And then suddenly we just go quiet. It's like you start something and you don't know how to finish it off or how to sort of give guidance as this thing proceeds and keep moves on and goes on. Let me just put it this way to you. What really is the role of the church in the political arena? In the U.S., in Zambia, in Canada, wherever. Because the body of Christ is everywhere. So... What is the role of the church? I think the role of the church in our political world is to be the the voice of conscience. Mm. Uh, the consciousness of a nation uh, has to be voiced through the church. And we speak from a position, or should speak from a position, of uh, where where does God stand on the issues. 
So I, I often say that, and a mentor of mine say this, the church should not be partisan. That means we should not pick a side. We should not say we're Democrats or we're Republicans, we're United Party for National Development or MMD or PF. Right? We should stand in a position where we should be political in that we participate mm. in the system. Because the systems are what allow for justice, for example, to take place. So if the systems are unjust, the church needs to speak as the voice of God's justice into the system. When we choose a side and when we become partisan, number one, we create a blind spot. Right? So if the party that we support is doing things that are contrary to God's wishes, because we have chosen a side, it becomes very hard to speak mm. as the voice of God into that system. Whereas if we just remain neutral in terms of partisanship, but engaged in terms of political uh, values and political systems, we will maintain our voice. You know, so I think that the church should be political, but not partisan. That our role mm. is to speak from God's perspective. Pastor Alan, we want to, do you want to pick it up from there? Pastor Campbell has sort of raised some issues here, and, and I tend to see also, Dr. Patrick, that that's where we find that thin, difficult line, if I may say that, Pastor Alan. The church can be political but not partisan. You cannot choose a, a side. We're supposed to be a voice of reason. Those are the things Pastor Lumbil has raised. Pastor Alan, I want you to jump in here and just come from whichever angle you, your, your mind is uh, tracking right now. Yeah. Well, um, it, it's been um, very well put by Pastor Campbell. You know, um, I tend to find that we, we, we tend to mix, um, for instance, me as an individual, having my own political opinions, and then when mm -hmm. I'm speaking as a clergy representing the church, you know, the, uh, we, we have the two lines blurred. Um, you know, I, I, go, I go back to my uh, own history in Zambia. My pastor, Dr. Pule, was uh, very, very political influential from the, you know, NMMD days, the beginning, and then later on. And I must admit that later on he kind of went a little bit off track. But in the beginning, even though he pastored the church, never, mm -hmm. at least for five years, did we ever hear him stand on the pulpit and say anything political, even about his own political party? You know, it was up until wow. after FTJ got out of office, when Mamanawasa was in office, that's the only time he made a political comment or began. Mm. Because you had a situation where uh, uh, President Truva, former President Truva, came to the church, and then his wife came the following week, and then... Um, we, we kind of had to make peace and invite Dr. Mumba, who was then vice president, to a, uh, a dinner banquet that we had. Just kind of, kind of balance the two. But from okay. that point, I think he began to, 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 to go off track. But as a, speaking for the church, the body, we mm. are supposed to uh, be neutral. We are supposed to be accommodating of all different divergent values and views. You know, because Christianity does not uh, direct us to um, uh, necessarily lord it over others or compel, um, I'm looking for a better word than that because we can't compel people to believe, but to, to kind of dictate like it is in the Western culture or let's say for if you're a Muslim. If you're not a Muslim, you can be put to death today, but Christianity says you have a choice. 
Mm-hmm. Then it says choose yeah. and then live with the consequences. So even in our political um, affiliations, the church should may give people what values are out there, what is important to look up to. Like for instance, um, the, the, my evangelical friends here in the U.S. are half correct because mm-hmm. they will say, "Listen, you've got to be, you've got to stand on the side of life." So you've got to vote for people who are against abortion. Great. Yes. But then they forget about the people who are already living and are being exploited and killed on the streets. They go mute on the other hand. So you can't on one hand support life before birth and don't care about life after birth. You know, so wow. that's where we kind of miss it. So if we keep it separate, a Christian mm-hmm. will tell you both are wrong. And Mm. They, they will tell you where to go from there. And the Bible, the Bible actually gives us choices. So Christianity does not dictate to you necessarily which way to go. It, it always says, I give you two choices, choose life or death. And your Christian values and principles are what should guide you as an uh, individual and even as a government. If that government says they're a Christian nation or they are guided by the Christian principles, the idea which is not always followed, but the idea is that they will be guided in their governance, in their decisions, by the values mm-hmm. that are found in the Christian religion. Amazing. <laughs> Pastor Brian, you hear the things that uh, Pastor Charlie has also read? You can't say yes, yes, yes. you value life before birth, and then you go mute on those that are living and are, uh, what's the word? Uh, those are that suffering. are living are suffering. Or so, suffering or, or, or neglected. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I pretty much have the same argument when that when that comes up because I always say um, there's more there's more to governing than just being against abortion. There's more to governing um, than just being against homosexuality. Uh, although mm-hmm. these are evil things, although these are evil things, but there's there's more to a, to 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 a, to a government than just those two issues. My, and my argument is this. Mm-hmm. The abortion clinics are not the, really the problem. The problem is way before those women get to the abortion clinics. You see, if women yes. are not getting pregnant out of wedlock, there will be nobody going to the abortion clinics. And they will, they will just close by themselves. Because even if you campaigned and closed them, and people are still mm-hmm. getting pregnant, the abortion clinics will just start coming up in the basement. They will start becoming illegal. At that point, they will not even be able to... Uh, for the government to, 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 to inspect them or, or, or whatever. But if, uh, if, if, if for example, the, in, Amer- in America, sex is, is, is an industry, you see. Maybe that's where we go to, to direct our prayers, to pray, to pray, to pray against uh, all, those kinds of, all those kinds of things. If people are not coming up pregnant. Or the other thing is this. If it's cheaper, you know, you only need about 650 bucks to have an abortion. You need twenty thousand plus dollars to, to, to adopt a child. If those things can be reversed and more people are allowed mm-hmm. to adopt because it's cheaper and it's quicker, you can get an abortion in two days. It will take months before you can adopt a child. All these uh, discrepancies, if you, if you may call them, if, they, if those things can be changed, the abortion clinic will simply will simply die out. So it is true. Wow. It is not for us Christians just to, to just to campaign against abortion, abortion, and homosexuality, homosexuality. When the people on the uh, there's people on the streets right now, especially people who live in the Western states, uh, there in in in, in, uh, 
Washington State, you go to um, California, let me just say everywhere, there's a lot of homeless people that uh, need government assistance. Mm. Mm. Um, yes, go ahead, Campbell, before we go to the next point, yeah. Yes, I think what, one of the most important things to understand, especially when it comes to the church's engagement in politics, especially here in the United States, and something they have tried to export to other countries, um, by this I mean the evangelical right, is to basically, first of all, understand how did they become a, a political force? Because that was not always the case. So, for example, when we talk about the issue of abortion, abortion was almost legal across all states in the United States since the 1800s. In fact, the 1930s saw the highest um, um, numbers of, of abortion. But the church was still in existence. The church, in fact, when you read church history, American church history, you see that a lot of revivals were happening even during that time. So then the question becomes, why did they not advocate for uh, a, a, um, laws that said they were going to legal, um, kind of ban, uh, ban abortions? Not until 1970-something, 1973, I think, when Roe v. Wade was passed. But the church became very vocal. The, the reason, and just give me a minute, the reason for that is that it had nothing to do with abortion, but rather everything to do with desegregation. When desegregation, actually there's a case called um, um, uh, Brown versus uh, uh, Board of Education. When that case went to the Supreme Court, when five black families sued uh, and said that their, their schools were not desegregated, rather they were being stopped. That is when the church, the white evangelical church, became a galvanized political force. If you want to read more on this, there's, a, there's an article that was in 2014 in Political called The Real Origins of the Religious Right. And Randall Bomer in that, in, in that article kind of lays out how the white evangelical church became Republicans and why mm-hmm. they vote Republicans. And so for us to understand why even now, today, the church, the, the white evangelical church was so much in favor of um, the Donald Trump presidency, we have to understand the reason why they are the way they are and what their political agenda is. Because it, it is not that they care more about abortion. They care more about preserving political power and having a say in political power so that they can further their agenda. So that's why they don't care about, and I'm, I'm saying that in generalities, that's why they won't be mm-hmm. vocal about people dying in the streets, because they are not compatible with, with their political agenda. Mm. Okay, let's, let's move to the next topic here. Pastor Brian, you, you brought a lot, you raised a lot of uh, con, con, contentious issues here. Our next question is this. Should Christian leaders run for political office? Okay. In Zambia, we have quite a number of them. Uh, in Malawi, Dr. Patrick, um, good morning, Yambe here, Uncle, Uncle Chisewe, good morning. We have a clergy who has taken over the realms of power in Malawi. Uh, right here at home, if we may put it that way, in the United States, we have a runoff election in Georgia, as we know, for Senate. And one of, the, one of the candidates there is the pastor of the historic Ebenezer Church, where the, what do you call it, 
the late Dr. Martin Luther King served as well. So should Christian leaders run for political office? Who wants to go first? And I'm mind you, the, 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 candidate in, the candidate in Georgia, one of the candidates, the clergy, is running on a democratic ticket, which yes. stands for, I don't feel in the blanks. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> um, maybe let me put a, a brief overview, uh, Pastor Nathan, mm-hmm. because um, the question is, should a Christian leader run political office? Yes. And my answer is um, yes. However, if a Christian seeks office, it should be only if he or she can faithfully execute the duties of that office without compromising Christian values and principles. You know, and then if I take you to the Bible, Colossians 3:17 says, and whatever you do in the word, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God with further uh, oh, thanks to God the Father through him. You know, um, also governing and leadership requires a lot of wisdom. And the Bible does tell us that if anyone lacks wisdom, we are to go to God. So we, we, as Christians, we believe that God is the source of life. He's our guiding light. We have the Holy Spirit who guides us. So in principle, if a Christian can execute the office of whatever governing, any, any leadership role without compromising, mm-hmm. even if it's you go into business, without compromising your, your, your Christian values, then I would say yes, because again, the Bible says when the righteous rule, the people will be rejoicing because Christian principles, number one, was one of the biggest ones, it says that, like Christ told us, is that to love uh-huh. your neighbor as you love yourself. So if you love your neighbor as you love yourself, you are not going to be stealing from other people, from, from the, the masses, from the public coffers. Obviously, theft is a crime. And it's, uh, uh-huh. it's a sin in the word of God. So the principle is that if you are a Christian, you are not going to steal. You know, on, on, in principle, um, the principle in principle, if you are a Christian, you're going to look at matters and issues and make uh, impartial judgment. You are always going to look out for the interests of others. In principle, if you are a Christian, you are going to be a Christian leader. You're going to be the servant of all, like Jesus Christ told us and demonstrated that the greatest of all is the servant. The greatest among you will be the servant of all. Now mm. that's the principle. So now, how we execute those Christian values, and and then is where we we entangle things out. This is where we find ourselves throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Because we forget that mm-hmm. that Christian, that person who says I'm a Christian, is also is a human being. He may fall. The mm-hmm. question is, when he made that mistake, did he repent? Did he come out publicly and say, you know what, I was wrong there. I shouldn't have done that, or I shouldn't have made that call, or I shouldn't have voted that way. And let's make correction. If in your heart um, you are always striving to do what's right in the eyes of mm-hmm. God, you may make mistakes and, and whatever in, as you go along life, but in principle... It could be like David, where God says, the man after my own heart. He did make mistakes, but at the core of who he is, he was not trying to lord things over the other people and take advantage of people. So, yes, a Christian should run for office, and on paper, that would be the best case scenario if we follow those Christian values and don't compromise uh, the, 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 the values of Christianity. Pastor, Pastor Brian, um, I yes, want uh, you to... Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I say yeah. yes. I, yeah. I I agree with with uh, with Brother Nessa. 
um, that yes, Christians should 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 run for for office, for political office. So maybe we we all be watching the the gentleman in 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 Malawi. Um, mm-hmm. If if we understand when Jesus Christ comes, he's really coming back as a politician. He's not coming back as a prophet or, or, or as a priest. The Bible says he's coming to to rule with an iron scepter. Even in the Old Testament, God was more was more concerned um, with who became king than who was a priest. He anointed Aaron's family as as as, as a priestly family, and that was then. But whenever the, the, there was a need for a king, God was more involved because a king was able to sway people away from God or to God. There's a son of um, there's a story of uh, Jeroboam, son of Nebat. Even though he was picked by God, he he swayed people away from 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 God by worshiping worshiping idols. So yes, a, a, a Christian should be. In fact, more Christians should run for more political office, more political yeah. offices. Because if, if more Christians run for more political offices and they win those offices, then even um, what Brother Alan is saying, even the rules and the statutes and, and the laws will, will align in a, in a righteous way, if, if I can put it that way, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a righteous way. It is important. Um, okay. Now the question, uh-huh. the question might also be, what makes, what, makes, what, makes, what makes them corrupt? What, ma- what, what makes them fail? What makes the Christians fail when they run or get yeah, into what? political office? Okay. Here, here is the thing. Uh, since you, Pastor uh, Lumbila, you are the one who raised this point, I would like you to sort of uh, clarify and qualify. Okay. You, political, uh-huh. when, you, when you, you, you said in our beginning, in the, at the beginning of this show to say the the church, let me not put words that you didn't use. We are now talking about politi- Christian leaders getting involved in, in political office. So you said the church cannot choose a side. Um, mm-hmm. The church should be the voice of reason. So if a, politi- if, mm-hmm. a mem- if a Christian leader, let's say a pastor, like the, mm-hmm. the, the uh, I'm trying to look for his, what's the name of the gentleman standing in the joy? Reverend Warner. Yeah, say that again. Reverend Warnock. Okay. So he you said we cannot choose a side. Somebody is throwing us making a statement here saying he has chosen a side by standing on a democratic ticket. Should mm. Christians stand for office but not on a party ticket? Uh, just clarify that aspect of saying well, the reverend in Georgia has taken a side by standing on a democratic ticket, which the Democrats conflicts what Christianity stands for. That's what the argument most people put out there. Uh, could you clarify that? Yes. So I think um, Pastor Allen actually clarified it for me because you have to differentiate between the individual and the corporate mm-hmm. body. So yes. if Reverend Warnock stands and says, Ebenezer Baptist Church is a, stands with a Democratic Party, mm. then he would be wrong. But he is standing in his personal capacity as an individual who happens to be a pastor and a Christian. If mm. he continues to stand as an individual, then he has the right to take a side, but he cannot bring in his church as 
we stand with the Democratic Party. So the differentiation has to do with individuality versus the corporate stance. So as a corporate body, we cannot take sides. As individuals, we all vote. And in voting, we have to choose a side. We cast lots, like the Bible says, right? And so Mm -hmm. that is an individual decision. But we cannot say the whole church supports this particular political party because when they do something that is contrary to the word of God, we must be able to speak with integrity in opposition to that. Mm. Okay. So, Sanatan, if I may jump in there. You see, there is a misconception that we, uh, you know, we, we have to be uh, confronted uh, really as we look at Christianity and governance and just life in general. Um, it, it is not true that, um, you know, we, when we say, let me put it this way, when we say we cannot be partial or choose sides, we are not saying we are, not going, we are going to be neutral all the way through. So if one person says, mm-hmm. I'm going to go kill five, five people, the other one says, no. Uh, you can't kill five, kill ten. We are going to stay in the middle and just say, okay, you guys uh, put it together, get the average. That's what you kill. We are impartial. No, <laughs> we are. We when we say we are impartial, we do not pick sides. Let's say Democrat or Republican in the pulpit, but we stand on the truth. So whether it's a Democrat who says the truth or a Republican who is speaking truth, we stand with the truth, because the way things are being run now, especially in America, it's as mm-hmm. if um. Uh, well, or even in Zambia, it's as if if a Republican says, "I live in Florida," then because I am not Republican, I should say, "No, this is not Florida." Only if a Democrat tells me, because then I'm on their side. So regardless of who is correct on the issue and who is wrong, you. So I may be, I may vote Republican, for instance. But if they, if somebody comes and tells me that the, the president did not say what he said about women, I can't say yes, he didn't say it. They misquoted him when it's on video and we hear his voice. You see what I mean? Mm. So we, yes. we, 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 we are impartial. The church does not take sides. It stands on the side of truth and justice, regardless of the source of that truth and justice. Okay. So if the Democrats are wrong, mm-hmm. they are wrong. If the Republicans are wrong, they are wrong. If they are right, they are right. Either side. That's the part. Because Christ came to separate us. Uh, the world from, uh, you know, wrong from right, in, in you know, like mm-hmm. a paraphrase. Okay. You are listening to Zambia Block Talk Radio. This We are discussing what is the role of the church. Uh, my panel consists of Pastor Branch Leche, Pastor Kambo Lumbila, Pastor Alan Charlie uh, Mulenga. Let, let, let's get some views here. So far, what our friends who have called in have heard us say, and uh, let, 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 let's hear what they are, their thoughts are. Um, let's say, well, good morning. Good morning, uh, good morning, Wankam. How are you? Good. Doing good. Can you hear me? Doing good. Hi. Yes, yes, we can hear you. Hi, Great. Yambe. Good morning. Um, w- so far, what you have heard, before I throw something to Dr. Patrick about our Georgia candidate to say more, uh, either of you can respond to this, Nyambe or uh, Um So far, what you have heard our pastors here say, explain, expound, justify, contend, contract. Uh, what are your thoughts? 
concerning the change and politics. Uh, great discussion. Right? This is the subway. Yeah. Uh, what uh, uh, already the pastors have uh, explained or talked about abortion and uh, uh, gender, uh, sexuality, or whatever. From being from Zambia, I think I have the same issue. You know, I don't, I don't condone homosexuality. I don't condone abortion. But just what the pastors have said, I have, I have issues to, there too. And I think sometimes Zambians uh, are lean more to the Republican side. But when it comes to the abortion, uh, we, we differ on 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 a way on on uh, on, on abortion. And your question you said about uh, should the Christian run uh, for office? Mm-hmm. Yes, they should run for office, but they, they should also think of uh, we have a lot of information out there. And when you look at the people who are, uh, who are the, 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 this is my opinion, the, the founder of Christianity. And uh, when we look at uh, 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 Western civilization, and these this people, they were thinkers, you know. They had to come up with something. And we, when we think about uh, these thinkers, they, they like to build things. They like mm. uh, uh, to, pre, uh, to, to, to build stages, you know, like, uh, you know, the way we have uh, 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 the greed, the way we have, uh, 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 the, the way we build things, you know. They, have, they build a stage. Christianity, too, is something, they, they had to come up with something for the civilization, for the, uh, the Western uh, uh, side to survive. Because if you look at where there's no Christianity, when there's no way you can have a civilization without having a church, you know. Mm. So when you run for office, you have to even think of, uh, you're going to be challenged. Because sometimes when you build a, scaffold, uh, a scaffolding, there's a time mm-hmm. you, you don't need a scaffolding, you have to tear it down, you know. So as a Christianity, you can, you can still believe your Maybe people have come up with a new way of uh, uh, make sure that uh, uh, civilization or the Western civilization is, uh, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's going to continue. You know, that's, okay. uh, that's my opinion. Uh, Yambe, your thoughts on what has been discussed so far? Yeah, uh, I, I think it's a, it's a very thin line. Uh, you know, in, in terms of uh, politics and, and uh, clergymen and Christianity. So you know, I, I think sometimes, uh, sometimes even you know, as Christians and clergymen, we think uh, the, the only way for us to have influence is by running for office. Uh, so mm-hmm. again, it's a thin line, and you have to be very platform you're standing on and your mm-hmm. own personal views, and, and and make that clear because either end of it, there are people looking up to you. And, and uh, you know they'll take your word for for, for whatever it is. So uh, you know I, again, if, if you're calling, uh, if you feel like your calling is for you to run for public office, then uh, you know I, I'm sure God will equip you with the strength and knowledge to to to, to, to balance uh, you know your personal opinion and the platform you are standing on. Uh, but, but you know if your calling is to be in the on the pulpit preaching the word, I think that's what you, that's where you need to be. Hmm. Wow, I like something you said there. You have to make it clear between your personal views or your personal values and the platform that you are standing off. Dr. Patrick, I want you to come in here because 
I am particularly interested in the Georgia, uh, one of the candidates there, uh, the clergyman, the pastor of Ebenezer Baptist. Um, talk to us about <laughs> what, what, what sort of process or what sort of, yeah, what sort of process did he, did the, the Reverend uh, uh, Raphael Warnock go through to get to where he is? Well, first off, I would like to agree 100% on what uh, the brothers have shared with us at the outset of this program up to this point. Mm-hmm. I agree. <clears throat> and in agreeing, let me add on to their thoughts that will take us right into Reverend Warner. Remember, black and white issues, um, they're intentionally merged into gray areas. So there is no yes answer versus no answer. It's continuously mm-hmm. being merged into the murky areas of grayness. Uh, spiritualism is always in competition. Uh, spiritualism or ecumenicalism is always in competition with re- religion. Mm. Religion itself is a separate uh, separation of churches, mosques, synagogues. So there's always that difference. Um, are you speaking in an ecumenical, all-inclusive spiritualism, spiritual-based versus a separation of one's religion as opposed to another, what, whose religion is better than the other. That also quickly goes into abortion. We had talked earlier about abortion, and this mm. is another gray area, and it blurs the lines between religion and politics. And whenever we talk about politics, we're talking about the control of power, the control of people, the control of resources. So mm-hmm. politics is that blurring of, of those lines, that grain. So getting to uh, Reverend Warnock, it's, we're talking about faith leaders running for office. The question yes. is faith leaders running for office. And the blurring comes in when is the individual running as a vessel of God and or a vessel of man? That's the secular person. So when we confuse the two, when we look at uh, Reverend Warnock, mm-hmm. is he running as a vessel of man, politics, or is he running as a vessel of God? spiritualism, the church. Mm. And when we always confuse that part and we're always thinking about whether or not or where his positions are, the only way or the most probable way you can define that is to understand and look at his politics as a pastor of Ebenezer Church. Has he always spoken of politics Mm. or has he spoken of spiritualism? Or has he spoken of religion, or is he does he talk to all three things? The bottom line is 
what's good for the people is good for God. And if if that can be merged successfully, then Reverend Warnock will have a a, a good chance of winning because mm-hmm. his power, political power, comes from the people. Mm, amazing. Pastor Lombila? Yeah, but man, that, there's so much to chew on with what the doc just said. I mean, we, <laughs> there is, and I think Reverend Warnock is a very good test for what um, clergy, especially in the United States, can or cannot do. And I think it will be interesting if he wins. And here's the reason, because I haven't read up so much on him, but just knowing the tradition of Ebenezer with Dr. Martin Luther King, central yeah. to that theology is, and there I say, maybe the doctor here can correct me, but uh, black liberation theology is central to Reverend Warnock's engagement in politics. Because when you look at civil rights leaders, they did believe, because Reverend Martin Luther King was a pastor himself, he did believe that the work he was doing was the work of God. Because just like Amos, the prophet Amos, he was talking about Mm. justice. He was talking about systems that did not mistreat people. And God says more about the marginalized in the words that he says about just any other subject. So you talk about the widows, the orphans, you talk about the poor, and the scales of justice being weighted in favor of those that are privileged. God always had strong words to say about that. And so if the world is engaging in politics from that perspective to bring the justice of God in a system and communities like, like his, communities of color, that have been historically disenfranchised, by the political system, then the work that he is doing would be the work of God. Now, we have to then talk about more. That is the moral case. The question mm-hmm. now becomes, is he competent to actually lead? Because he can make the moral case, but if you do not have the competency to lead and actually tilt the wheels of justice to achieve the, your moral aim, then you would fail as a leader, you know? Mm. Pastor Brian <laughs> um, I, really I haven't followed much I haven't followed much on um, on, on, on the candidate in, in, in Georgia but I, I, I agree with what he, he, has, he has just said um, is, he, is, he, is he able to, to, to hold up to his, to his Christian values because Washington mm. is a very is a very powerful place it is easy to compromise and it is easy to sway um, uh, King saw compromise because his, 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 his people, his people pushed him to keep uh, what God had told them, had told them to destroy. He decided to take it and decided to take it for worship, to take it to to church, and that that brought his his his, his downfall. So if a person can really stand on his moral ground as a Christian, and um, and not be swayed by the by the influence, the secular influence, because Washington is very secular and Washington is very is very powerful. It is not very easy to stand. I was saying even earlier that um, we will we'll keep an eye on the, on the, on the gentleman in, in, in Malawi. Uh, so mm-hmm. I feel he's a, he's, a, he's a strong president. If he can also just hold up. But if, if, if we look back to, to, to Zambia, I think this will even go to, to our next question when we talk about uh, Zambia being a Christian nation. Uh, president Chiruba came as a, as, a, as, a born, as, a, as a born again leader, as a born again mm-hmm. Christian, uh, as, a, as, a, as a leader. 
But as he stayed in power longer, I think he started getting corrupted. He, he, he did not really hold up to the, to the, to the ethics of, of, of a Christian leader. Uh, so to say, that's, that's what I, 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 can, I can say. Mm. Let's, let's finish with these combined questions, okay? You, you, you've brought up the issue of Zambia being a Christian nation, Pastor Brian. Zambia was declared Christian nation. Did it help or hurt the country? And vis-a-vis, how can the church help with the political climate? Okay? Did the Christian nation thing help Zambia or has it helped Zambia? And how can the church help the political climate? Here in the U.S. or... Um, even back home in Zambia, you've, we, we, we have, I don't know how many of us are following closely the politics in Malawi with a president who is Christian like President Chilobakemi. Uh, that gentleman in Malawi is not just a pastor. He was general superintendent of the, like yes. an overseer <clears throat> bishop of the Assemblies of God. So that goes to leadership qualities of the issue that Pastor Campbell has raised about uh, Rev Warnock, whether he the capability to deliver and the competence to, to, to what. So let's address this issue. Did declaring Zambia Christian help the nation? And how can the church help with the political climate in the country or in the nation? Who wants to go first? Well, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Um, you know, the... the uh, there are various angles that you can come at, at it from. My, my firm belief and one of the main reasons why I support the uh, declaration of Zambia as a Christian nation, um, first of all, is that we are saying that we shall govern ourselves based off the principles and guidance of the Word of God. Uh-huh. If I look into the Word of God, if indeed we live up to that, those expectations, I don't know that there would anyone who would complain. So our issue, my issue sometimes when I look at, okay, where are we with this declaration? It's not necessarily mm. what the declaration says. It is what the men, the men and women that are in office, how they have interpreted, how they have um, uh, executed their offices. You know, um, so I, I tend to stay away from just balling everything up in one ball and throwing the whole thing out. You know, um, we we if, because without um, your morality is important in how you govern how you lead at any level. So if there is nothing that holds a man to a, a moral standard or a high moral standard of any sort, mm. what what do you believe? What guides your conscience? What is the plumb line that you fo- you follow? What draws blinds? In your, you know, in your, you as a person, where do you draw the line as you can't go that far, you can't do this? You know, but we have an example of, um, you know, for me, there are, there are people who are the person in, in office in our country right now. I find it very difficult to, to understand where his moral compass is because of mm. all the things that are repulsive that we have seen in our nation. When did he ever stand up and say, this is outright wrong, this is outrageous, we cannot do this, in standing for the, for the poor people of Zambia? Mm. What has okay. become in that has annoyed him on anything? So where the, what guides his conscience? 
So in principle, mm. the declaration of Zambia Nation is, is good. And I think I, I would argue that it has perhaps, if we didn't have that declaration, we would have ended up in a dictatorship, like so at least an attempted dictatorship, like many uh, Blantyans one, like the Idi Amin's and some of the other countries in Africa. I believe that because there's at least one Christian in Zambia, it helps in holding our nation together. Because one thing we forget is that even if when you have a bad, like for instance, when they removed Saddam Hussein, who was quote unquote, according to the West, a terrible person, right? Mm-hmm. After they removed him, what has happened? More people, people were happier under him. They lived better under him than what is the ruins that are uh, his country right now. You know, so, so okay. Pastor Campbell. Uh, yes, and I mean Zambia as a Christian nation is an interesting concept because um, we have to. There are so many things that are implied by that declaration because the implication. One of the implications of that declaration was that Zambia was now w- within the same league as Israel. The difference is this: Israel was chosen by God. Zambia, we chose to be led by God. That is a very distinct um, difference. Because the implication of us choosing to be led by God, automatically people think we are now a chosen nation, which we are not. Okay? So by that choice of saying we're going to govern ourselves by the dictates of Scripture, it meant that our theology was going to drive our public policy. So therefore, if our theology was going to drive our public policy, then we were going to deal with poverty, we were going to deal with health care, and we were going to deal with equity in wealth creation from a theological and biblical perspective. That was the implication of President Shaluba bringing us under the governance of Scripture, uh, as Christian Scripture, as a nation of Zambia. The thing that we need to understand is that we need to go beyond the morality argument. The argument of of morality says this, because somebody, uh, we believe that because somebody is a Christian, then they are fundamentally good. And if they are fundamentally good, then that means they're going to fairly rule, which has not been the case. So we have to really examine what does it mean for Zambia to be a Christian nation and to be ruled by the dictates of Scripture. And we need to bring that thinking to bear when we come to weigh and judge our leaders. So, for example, is the current leadership in Zambia actually ruling from a position of justice in terms of poverty alleviation, health care, and equity in wealth creation? Or are we seeing the rise of the rich class at the expense of the poor and marginalized. Hmm. Pastor Brian, what are your thoughts on this? I also want you to address the aspect of how the church can help with the political climate. Um, First, I I agree with Pastor Alan. So yes, in in principle, declaring Zambia as a Christian nation is, is I believe, is, is, is a good thing. But in execution of that declaration, we have to have people who are truly Christian. Because uh, just because somebody says I'm a Christian, that doesn't necessarily mean they are a Christian. You know, I was, a, I was a Christian before I really became a Christian. If you had asked me in my heathen days, I would tell you I'm a Christian. Um, <laughs> so unless somebody is really, is really, is really uh, a convicted believer, 
Zambia can truly be a Christian nation in, in that sense. Other, other than that, it's just an empty declaration, really, because um, it doesn't really do anything for, for, for the people, in, in, in my opinion. Um, what was the other question? How, how can the church help? Um, yes, how can the church help with the political climate? Oh, the, poli- the, the political, uh, political climate in the nation. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. first, I believe that I, I believe that prayer works. I believe that prayer works, and like uh, most clergy, they have said, uh, "Yeah, we stand on the side of the truth. We should be con- convinced of the truth, convicted of the truth, and stand on the side of the truth." And uh, where we, where we are able to make our voices heard, we should make our voices heard. Um, where we are able to influence, we should make we should make that uh, that 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 influence. We should be we should be influential. Uh, other other than that, um, Zambia being a Christian nation, we pray that uh, more believers will, will will run for office next year's election, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the rules. The rules. The rules of Just to add on to what um, Pastor Brian has just said. I think in the beginning, Zambia had it right. After 1991, we had the Oasis Forum. We uh-huh. had the Evangelical Fellowship of Zambia and all these other Christian organizations who attempted to um, set things right in the nation, call out the politicians, and they attempted to be neutral in terms of uh, standing with what is right and what is best for the country. Somewhere along the line, our mother bodies and those institutions which were Christians um, mm. kind of fell apart and they were systematically taken down by politicians because they were standing in the way of greedy men and women who were trying to uh, um, uh, you know uh, reap yeah. where they have not sown in our nation and I think it was okay. something they were forces beyond the control of even the president Chiruva people who were more powerful than him behind the scenes who dismantled that whole system you know okay. uh, but if so, we can have them leaders yeah. of the church in Zambia, mm. be principled and stand on truth. The Catholic had tried. I think the, the Catholic have been distinguished, you know, to an extent, more than yes. most of the other evangelicals in Zambia and all those. So we are mm. still a young you know, nation. Yeah. Let, the, let, the let, rules, before Dr. Patrick comes in, before Dr. Patrick comes in, we're running out of time here. I just want to make an announcement here. Uh, tomorrow, Sunday, December 6th, uh, our ministry is hosting a a virtual live musical event online. It will be live on Facebook, YouTube. We're calling it Celebrate Christ Musical. It's going to feature artists like Ephraim, Son of Africa, Chile Shebualia, Winnie Mukadi, Pastor Gracious, and uh, wonderful sister Susan Jacobs out of Atlanta, Georgia, and I will be hosting this. I want to invite you all to be part of this in the midst of a pandemic and all the disaster, the pain, the suffering that is going on, there is only one thing we can celebrate, our Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible says he never changes. So we are going to celebrate Christ because he continues to watch over us, he continues to sustain, he continues to provide. Tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern. Dr. Patrick, you get the last word. Yes, thank you. The, The rules of the church versus the rules of Congress or Parliament. And when we say church, again, we're talking about Christianity, um, Hinduism, Judaism, Mormonism, mm-hmm. um, the uh, Muslim faith. What we, are, what we all are hoping in the United States, in Zambia, 
and and throughout the global community, what we're hoping that when the religious individuals mm. come into go into office, and they will come into conflict with um, each other as to the well-being of, of the people that they serve. And we're hoping that at that time, when the conflict arises, the rules of the church is victorious. Mm-hmm. Mm. Amazing. Was it Pastor Campbell or somebody wanted to make a comment? Since Dr. Yes, Pat is I wanted, I, yes, I wanted to make a comment to say, I think we all, the, the role of the church is to define what, what is Christian in the context of politics. Right. Mm. I think that that is where the church can really help. What is what does it actually mean to be a Christian nation beyond good behavior, beyond integrity, beyond these things that are moral sort of we have to define what does a Christian nation look like beyond Mm. those things that we hold to be moral, because. I'm telling you, when you read scripture and we're going to be governed by the, the, the dictates of scripture, it looks like justice. It looks like equity. Yeah. It looks like poverty alleviation. It, mm. That's what it looks like. And if a nation, a Christian nation does not reflect that, whether by policy or by the manifestation of policy, then we as the church needs to stand and say, we are going the wrong way. You politicians, you're sinning against God because you are becoming richer at the expense of yes. the poor. And that is mm. not Christian. That is what the Absolutely. church can do. Define for the country what it actually means and looks like to be a Christian nation. Mm. Next it's week, I'll be having Dr. Chris Da Costa is going to be talking. About, we've had Dr. Chris before. He's a medical doctor by profession. He's going to be talking to us about the vaccine is out. So what next? And things like why has the pandemic hit the people of color more than any other demographic uh, group of people? Remember, please mm-hmm. join us tomorrow again, like I've said, uh, for a live virtual uh, musical celebration. Celebrate Christ at 2 p.m. Eastern, 2100 hours Zambia, 7 p.m. Uh, in Europe, UK, most, and it will be 8 a.m. in New Zealand for those that listen to us from New Zealand. Okay, everybody, we've run out of time. Let's go back in for an open forum with Roger. Closing us off the show is Ephraim. He's one of our guests on our live concert tomorrow. Thank you, Pastor Alan, Pastor Lumbila, and Pastor um, Brian, who will actually produce this show. I I just did the leading or the guiding. Thank you.